Truth Espresso, Episode 73. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. And now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. This is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Well, hello, this is Daniel Minnick. Welcome to Truth Espresso. I hope you're doing well. If you're just joining us for the first time on this episode, and you saw that the title of this episode looked interesting, well, we are continuing a series talking about income inequality. And so I would invite you to check back on the last several episodes to get an idea of what we're talking about. First, we talked about the overpopulation scare from the 1960s and 70s and so on, and even Thanos from the Avengers and the overpopulation myth and how that still persists to today. But there are a lot of critics now overpopulation has lost its teeth because the crisis shifts now from overpopulation to the political proposed problem of income inequality and how income inequality is the real threat to the earth, to the environment, to the livelihoods of poor people. And so, we're continuing to talk about income inequality, but for this episode, we're going to just think a little bit. We're not going to look a lot at statistics like we did in the last episode to answer claims about income inequality. We're actually going to look in this episode more about why income in and of itself is not the be-all, end-all of fairness and equality. First, we're going to look at the differences of jobs and make some conclusions from there. And then we're really going to analyze income itself and show that even where income inequality exists, some people prefer it. And why would they prefer it? And so buckle your seatbelts because we're going to go for a real ride and get your thinking caps on too. And make sure your airbags work. Why? I don't know. Just having working airbags is a good thing anyway. (laughs) Okay. So, the first point that we want to consider with all the hype about income inequality and all the justice involved is to consider the fact that jobs are different. There are lots of different kinds of jobs for good reason because with a growing economy, you end up with more job possibilities. Because think back at a more primitive economy where everyone just worked the land. There were fewer different jobs to do. You just had to do the job that was before you to live hand to mouth and you had to do it well. And the better you did that job of working the land and harvesting, the better off you were. But now think in a modern economy, think the way things are. There are literally countless numbers and types of jobs with all kinds of job descriptions in arts and sciences some that involve more math than others, some that involve more people skill than others. People are get paid to talk. Think back when all you had was an agrarian economy. 
how many people were paid to talk. But now people legitimately earn their share of income in the market because they provide value by talking. And the growth in the economy based on innovation is what contributes to this. People can legitimately hold jobs in leisure and recreation, in tourism. In a primitive economy, you could not survive by offering tourism because there was not much involved for that, and people had to make sure that they produced the food to eat. And they didn't have a lot of recreational money to be able to spend on lavish recreations that didn't exist at the time. And so as people innovate and improve the economy, there's more discretionary spending available even for poorer people to take vacations every once in a while if they save. And the reason they're able to do that is because that there are people who are able to work in sectors that are related to entertainment and tourism and recreation and leisure. So, jobs are different. When we talk about the topic of income inequality, we have to factor in the differences that there are that exist with jobs. And when you have an economy that grows and you have a greater array of different job opportunities, naturally some jobs are going to pay more than others. The income for some jobs can vary drastically from the income for other jobs. Is this fair? Well, it depends on what the job offers and how productive it is. Not all jobs require the same kind of skills and the same kind of difficulty of work and the same number of hours worked, the same flexibility of schedule, or the same amount of leisure. So that should be a factor to consider if we're just simply comparing income. There is a reason that some simple secretarial jobs that allow for part-time work or flexible hours require very little training and pay a much smaller salary than being a brain surgeon or someone whose vital skills are needed at a moment's notice and require longer hours. So, let's think of our current economy. I'm talking to people in the United States and also other countries that have an advanced economy where we have this concept of college and university and higher education or trade jobs. So, let's ask this question. Why does anyone go to college? College costs something. People work in college and teach things and they get paid to teach. And the purpose of college professors is to teach other people things that can be used as skills in jobs that are better than someone who just graduated from high school and doesn't have any skills yet, like teenagers and those who have to start entering the workforce and build up a career. The point of college is not just to spend four years of your life and tens of thousands of dollars to learn some useless information. 
Now, that does happen sometimes. I mean, I don't want to pick on gender studies as a major too much, but we have to factor in the idea that there are what some people would consider useless majors. Now, there can be some very interesting information taught in some of these majors, but if they don't provide the students with actual skills that are demanded in the marketplace, then it's essentially useless as far as earning an income. And so, if you go to college and you take a major like underwater basket weaving or gender studies or art history, that can be interesting. It might enjoy studying that stuff and sitting in class and taking tests and being drilled on some interesting information. I'm giving the benefit of the doubt that there could be anything good from a gender studies degree. So, (laughs) but even if the information is enlightening and interesting, the best you could do with a degree in gender studies is to teach gender studies. There's no gender studies productivity creating products and services. You're not being trained to do something that someone wants to hire you to do other than to go back to the university and try to find a teaching position to teach some classes on gender studies. And so that's why getting a degree in gender studies or some other majors that just give you interesting information without practical learning That's why things like that don't equip you for earning a decent salary. And so the point of going to college for four years and getting tens of thousands of dollars into debt, hopefully to pay that off, is to learn a valuable skill to get a better job that pays more than you'd get if you didn't go to college. That's the whole point of going to college. The whole point is to get a return on investment. If you earn more money from your job than you spend on the college education, you actually had a reason to go to college. Now, why am I talking about college here? What's the point? Well, income inequality. Why would someone go to college if they're expected to earn very little if no difference between someone who didn't go to college? Why would someone go through the four years of classes and hard work, studying, taking tests, writing papers, doing internships, if they're not expecting a return on investment, which means a higher income and skills to do something that's in higher demand and higher productivity than someone who didn't go to college? Now, is college for everyone? Maybe some people are not cut out for college. Maybe some people would rather work an easier job that pays less. So, the point is to each his own. If you pick a certain kind of lifestyle because it's easier for you, even if it pays less, that's your preference. And, as I mentioned, are all college majors created equal? Obviously not. We have all heard about the starving artist who most likely got some kind of art degree, but we most likely have not heard of the starving software developer, or the starving medical doctor, or the starving petroleum engineer as much. (laughs) 
What's the point of even getting a master's degree or a doctorate degree if not to have even better job opportunities and to postpone your employability and your advancement in the corporate ladder by hopefully getting education and certification that will pay off? And finally, after all that time that you've invested and all that brain-straining work studying You're expecting something that will pay off. Should a factory line worker earn the same income as a brain surgeon? Obviously not. Why would the brain surgeon spend years and hundreds of thousands of dollars studying difficult, complex, scientific subjects and training intensely if the income is the same or almost the same as simply working in a factory and foregoing all that rigorous study? Now, let's say for the sake of argument, we manage to get all incomes and even all stores of wealth exactly the same for every individual person at a snapshot in time and then start the clock. What will happen? Well, every human being is different just as some want to go into mechanical engineering and some want to be actors and pay given supply and demand can differ based on such differences in profession and effort and study. Every human being is different. Every human being has different needs and wants. Every human being has various levels of potential for different skills. Some people might be prone to spend much or all of that equal income on various things that don't last. So if we take a snapshot of the economy, if we, for a moment in time, force everyone to have at present equal wealth and equal income for the same jobs that they have, or even if they all have the exact same profession, and then we start the clock up again, do you think the economy would then persist with income equality? Hardly. As I said, because people are different, some people might spend more money than others. Others might calculate risks and rewards with their equal income and equal wealth. They might try to make investments that could protect or build their meager store of wealth in the future. Some may figure out ways to lessen their spending than others. The economy would very quickly readjust to what would be considered inequality. Huh. Well, you say that this means that we have to have some kind of oversight to prevent the misers from stockpiling their income. We need a way not only to manage income equality, but also savings equality and spending equality. That assumes that every human being is basically a cookie cutter. That is not true. Although human beings are all equal and that we're all humans, we all have human dignity, we all have the right to life and liberty and property, we're all created in the image of God, we have our differences and differences are the spice of life and differences are what make an economy. Differences are why people trade. Differences are why people offer things to sell that other people can't produce and that they want to buy. Differences are how we all improve each other's lives. Even if some people make more income than others based on the supply and demand and the natural activity of the free market. 
Everyone makes choices that favor more productivity over less productivity. Just think, when we buy things from the store, we expect value for our money. Did you know that? <laughs> we don't knowingly buy things that we would consider a ripoff. If we needed to buy light bulbs from the store and two brands cost exactly the same, but we know that one brand is proven to last twice as long as the first, we would prefer to buy the better brand, all things being equal. So is the principle for when employers hire people for jobs. As we mentioned, different college majors and different skills and supply and demand and things like that. There's high productivity with engineers to increase technology, but there's much lower supply of qualified engineers than there are people with art degrees or music degrees or even business degrees. So, the same principle of buying and selling that we as consumers have when we're looking at light bulbs and we buy one superior brand over another, we try to get the best bang for our buck. That's the same principle that exists when someone wants to hire someone for a job. That's the same principle for employers. Everyone is a buyer and a seller. Employers are buying labor for their money just as we buy products from the store with our money. The products that perform the best, given the money, maintain the money or get more money. And so just as we want value for our money, so an employer wants value for his or her money. And when we think that the economy has to be lopsided in favor of one side of a transaction... That mutual exchange cannot happen, that somehow it's always one side exploiting the other. We do an injustice. We cause problems in the economy. Let's also look at some more inequality when it comes to jobs. As I said before, jobs are different, and that accounts for some income inequality in a good way. Let's consider that not all jobs are full-time employment. There are lots of people who work different jobs in what is called the gig economy. So let's look at full-time employment versus the gig economy. Now, one thing I mentioned earlier about the starving artist. Obviously, that's not true of all artists. There are some who starve because they are expecting a guaranteed salaried job to art. <laughs> there are others who succeed by finding their niche in a gig economy. I mentioned in one of the earliest episodes of True Espresso about tips for liberal arts graduates that gig service portals like Fiverr and Upwork allow the people with liberal arts skills to find a market by offering gigs. Then there has been recent political hoopla about the freelance economy or the gig economy and how many freelancers, especially those who work for Uber and Lyft, don't get paid vacations or health insurance from their freelance situation. Well, because freelancing is really a type of self-employment. That's why self-employers have to pay for their own insurance. Freelancers have more control over their work schedules and are not necessarily committed to a full-time schedule to be paid by an employer to work for a company. 
Many Uber and Lyft drivers choose to do freelance driving for supplemental income. They do this like an additional part-time job. Then, if their business for Uber and Lyft picks up and they enjoy it and they're able to do it full-time, they drop their previous full-time job and do freelance driving for a living. And there is definitely a difference between full-time work and the gig economy, and a lot of politicians don't like that. Many people who do this kind of freelance work and they succeed at it find that doing this, like driving for Uber and Lyft, doing this full-time pays them much more than their previous job did, and they're happier with their larger income and with their ability to be more flexible with their schedule. But isn't it unjust, you'd say, that freelance workers don't get any of the benefits from Uber and Lyft that full-time employees would normally get? Well, freelancing is self-employment and it's just like being a contract worker. It's a type of entrepreneurship. Those who work for Uber and Lyft as freelancers know what they're getting into and they agree to them. Many of them like this arrangement. But the unions don't like competition, you see, and the political lobbyists can only see injustice and exploitation when there's a difference between freelancing and full-time employment. And leave it to the political ideologists, the idealists, to see the economy only in terms of business owners and full-time employees. And, of course, the benevolent bureaucrats who try to fix things. Politicians want things to be overly simplified so they can calculate how to control things. They act only off of what they can see from a snapshot of the economy. They can't understand how things get to where they are through voluntary exchange. All they have is a hammer and they expect everything to be a nail. And so when we're accounting for income inequality, we see that jobs are different. We see that college is a factor. We see that there's such a thing as full-time employment and how it's different from freelancing. So how can we complain about income inequality when there are so many different kinds of jobs with different kinds of schedules, different kinds of control like freelancing, some managing things more than others, different skills. You simply earn what you can earn based on what you offer for productivity in the free market. And of course, some people earn more based on where they live than others. Now, let's also consider this. For those who cry foul about income inequality, income is not the only measure of well-being. Not all compensation is in the form of monetary income. Expenses, living accommodations, location, free time, and stress level are among many possible factors in determining a person's well-being. Many people may opt for a job that allows more flexible hours or more free time, even if it pays much less. For example, many women, especially mothers, might prefer to work as a secretary or work at a desk where they can talk with people 
but they also need the ability to have a flexible schedule, maybe work these particular three days of the week or four days of the week or split hours up so that they can deal with kids. We need to recognize the economic value of all sorts of factors, not just the salary, not just the paycheck level. There is what could be considered a dollar value for the privilege of flexible hours. We can't reject that and claim that equality is only based on income when there are clearly all sorts of different kinds of jobs with different skill levels and different demands and different workloads and different time constraints. All these factors matter and they all carry a compensation value that may or may not be able to be measured in dollars, this compensation differential can be an unseen thing. It may not show up in the income statement, but you can't just compare income for equality. For many, having a life that's less hectic and less stressful on the mind or body is much preferable to one that requires long hours and little control over schedule, even if that job paid substantially more. There are plenty of miserable millionaires who have a lot of material goods but a stressful life because their job is stressful. They're trying to manage a business and trying to manage people and they get complaints from employees and and clients and while they're on the hook for a lot of responsibility. Some of these people might prefer to just get out of that and deal with a lower income if it could relieve them from stress. And so income alone cannot possibly be the only equalizing factor. Income inequality is not the only measure of inequality and not the only positive measure of well-being. Consider differences in personality and geographical location. Consider that some people are extreme extroverts and others are extreme introverts and there are plenty of people in the middle. An extreme introvert may prefer to live alone in very simple living accommodations. Some introverts prefer the simplest and least stressful life possible, even if that means a very low income. They may limit their spending on a low income and be happy if the job is easy, low-skilled, and has a fixed schedule with no overtime requirements or on-call requirements. Would someone in this situation accept more money if all things were being what they are? Of course, sure. But some people like this would gladly forfeit a raise in pay associated with a promotion if such a promotion meant more responsibility and higher stress. Other people who are extreme extroverts may prefer to travel a lot and enjoy fine dining with friends and family and co-workers. These types of activities require a larger income to cover the expenses. And, as I mentioned in a really early episode of Truth Espresso called Revenge of the Extroverts, extroverts statistically, on average, are more likely to be higher earners than introverts based on doing more networking, pleasing more people with their personality, and climbing the corporate ladder. 
Now, higher-earning introverts would likely be those who do technical things like engineering or software development. But nonetheless, my point remains that people are different. Different preferences, different needs, different personalities, different drives, different values all prove the idea that forcing a society to close an income gap is not a good thing. A multitude of unintended consequences would surely result if the ideologues get their way. To think that income inequality ideologues have a better understanding of the way things should be than billions of people with their unique needs and preferences making mutual exchanges in a free market is to grant to these ideologues a level of knowledge that no single human being could possibly obtain. This is exactly what Nobel laureate economist Friedrich Hayek warned about in his Nobel Prize speech about the pretense of knowledge. Now, anyone would appreciate more income than they have now. But that doesn't mean that justice or fairness means robbing from some people's income to give to others. But social justice warriors clamoring for income inequality to be bridged, they don't seem to take into account the differences among people and how those factor out economically and naturally. To force a form of equality using only monetary income as the equalizing factor would not only stifle the growth of the economy, it would reduce it and destroy it. So, we just considered that jobs are not equal. I hope we now realize that there are so many different factors involved in why people make different money based on different jobs and college is a factor and there's a reason people go to college and go through that grind so that they can have a better life. At least that's the intention after all that pain through college. And we considered that income is definitely not the only factor with which to compare equality and happiness. And now, Christian, if you're still upset about income inequality, consider the way God designed us and that the Holy Spirit gives different gifts to people, to Christians in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 15 through 18 says, If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him." So God is the source of our differences. God is the one who grants us different talents that we must use and be stewards of for Christ. And remember the spiritual gifts early on in the church, in the early church, where some people had the gift of tongues, some people had the gift of working miracles, and yet we're also told of gifts of faith and gifts of helps and mercy. You know, some people have the gift of just being an encouragement, and we would might want to look at that and say, what is this? 
I would rather have the gift to do miracles and healing and speak in other languages. But the Holy Spirit gives gifts as the Holy Spirit sees fit. And just because you have the gift of being generous, the gift of encouragement, and the gift of helping, that doesn't make you inferior compared to the more visible and more amazing gifts of healing and speaking in tongues and working miracles. They all have their place in the body. And just even as different jobs in the economy have different levels of income, and just as there are different preferences, and there's, there's supply and demand as factors, there's different stress levels, different hours, all these different things are factors that make the economy grow. And I hope we can all understand and not cry foul because some people make more than others. We don't impose on what nature dictates on how we interact. And we don't impose on how God has made us. You do what you can with your skills for the glory of God. And we should all appreciate the way God has made us unique. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso. 